Hello, my name is Maddie. And I'm Hannah. We are reading Partners in Crime. Over the last two years, we have had over 50 book-based adventures together. We investigate a real-life case using advice from murder mystery authors. We review a book, find the sleuthing tips, and hopefully solve the case. Welcome to the unsolved case of the missing salmon. Yep, got it. She says, okay. Hurrah! Hurrah, hurrah. Haven't seen you for ages. I know. I actually think maybe since last year. Uh, I mean, that's not that long, is it? But, you know, 2022 feels like forever ago. Yeah. We've been really struck down. So I was really poorly and then you were really poorly. Yeah. Ongoing. Maybe it's a rival show. Maybe we've been noted and somehow it's a sabotage plan. What, you think we've been, like, marked? (laughs) Yeah. Can I ask in your mind who you think that that, that rival show could be? I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe one of the um the actual prize winners on the uh, Deborah Francis White judged podcast awards. Yeah, maybe possibly. maybe Deborah. Maybe she's like, do you know what? They're too slick for me. <laughs> out, of my, out of my league. <laughs> It's good okay. sound, actually. Where where are you? Very much. I'm in the I'm in a new spot, one of me. I'm in um <laughs> I'm in the office. Really? It looks complete. It looks like you're not in your house. I know. I actually was a bit worried when I was to be honest. On the one hand, I've been so for context, Mike's got a new job. He starts his new job tomorrow, and he no longer needs the office. So I've converted it into my office, moved it yeah. around, made it my own. And I was a bit worried that all my colleagues would be like, oh, she says she's working from home, but that looks different. Where is she? No one's noticed. Not no one's, one no, no one's so, said anything. No one says nothing. <laughs> so I was a bit like, oh, they're all going to think that I'm like, I don't know, on holiday or something. Not one, not one person has said, oh, different background. <laughs> that sort of suggests <laughs> yeah, okay. that you could just go... Go anywhere. Go anywhere, have the beach in so the true. background. My immediate instinct was <laughs> off I go to Bermuda. I don't know why, but Bermuda's <laughs> top of my list. It is, it is oh. lovely. It is lovely. Can confirm. You've been, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. But I'm also, as you know, scared of the whole Bermuda Triangle. Well, I live to tell the tale. No, but you've said this before and you didn't actually go to the Triangle. You've just been to Bermuda. Well, yeah, well, I don't know where the triangle is. Do you know where the triangle Most is? Most people don't, do they? Well, no, like it's a specific, it's like out to, at sea. Yeah, but but what I mean is, do you have to fly over the Bermuda Triangle to get to Bermuda? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. In which yeah. case, you technically count, we would count as a survivor. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> go with, go with. Where is the Bermuda Triangle? Do, do you have to, do you fly right. over... Maybe it's only if you fly to Bermuda from America. Yeah. Do you fly Bermuda Triangle when flying from the UK? Yes. Good question. See what Google throws up. It, this this makes me think. <laughs> Remember back in the day when you'd have to ask Jeeves, and if you did, <gasps> if you weren't specific, Jeeves was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you used to do that? There's that text service called Any Question Answered. No. Okay. Well, you could it, you could text a question, and you had to pay. I think fifty p plus 
your standard text message charge and you would get the response obviously before you had internet on the phone and I remember it clear clearly because I had a disagreement with mainly with my dad but the rest of the family were also against me as well about whether goats can climb trees or not and I, I ask which side do you fall down on, on that? I was I was adamant they cannot climb trees I thought it was complete rubbish I think they can well my dad thought they could and such was the extent <laughs> of the disagreement on this long car journey home from possibly from Cornwall it was long that uh we decided to bite the bullet and pay the, the question <laughs> pay the fee to any question answered and of course goats can climb trees oh. and even now years on if there's ever a photo of a goat in the tree you know in on the news or similar you know constantly yeah yeah it will find it will find its way to my phone <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible also like that's such a that's such a 90s vibe of like oh i guess we will have to there's no other way for us to find this out so we are going yeah to send a text <laughs> check out the encyclopedia (laughs) do you remember there used to be this thing on often music channels in like the early noughties where they would have at the bottom of the music video they'd have this like thing you could text in and it was often like send in the name of you and the name of your crush and we'll put like a percentage of your compatibility Yes, I remember that. Yeah, so weird, so weird. And it's just like just reams and reams of like Simon and Peter, and like what? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. Weird. Such a weird thing. That would just not happen now. I feel like it was quite an innocent time. Just so you know, I've looked this up, and apparently. Flights do go over the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. Um, but most mostly ones that are coming from the US. Okay. Okay, so I so probably, probably not you. didn't. Probably not. But lots of pilots are trying to avoid it. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's that whole suspicion, isn't that? Similar probably to the various traditions that actors have and things like that superstitions isn't it do you have any superstitions any like little things that you do you know like game day (laughs) game day superstitions (laughs) exam day you know classics um not that spring to mind the thing with superstition is i believed in it more until i broke a mirror on the day I went to go and get my A-level results and I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is terrible. This is a sign. But then, spoiler alert, I did really well. So, <laughs> so after... <laughs> you literally went to Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I was like, nah, it's probably not true. <laughs> Right, you're yellow now, you're yellow. Why? No, but that's better. That's better because you were red before. You were red. It's progress. Yeah. <laughs>
This is classic January. This just really sums up January. I do think, I know we've talked about it quite a lot, quite a lot this week, but I just think January is a waste. Let's it just scrap exist. it. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, well, let's just, just, just all agree. We'll meet again in February. <laughs> it's rubbish. Yeah. I mean, very, very brief mystery business. Oh, yeah. I can just do it in a sentence. Oh, yeah. Go on. Love to hear. Knives out too. The Glass Onion mm. Mystery. Disappointing. Not even a sentence. Single word. There you go. That's my review. Okay. Do you want me to come back to you with a response or? Yeah. 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 Please do. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as the first one. Easily. No. Obviously. There were some things I liked about it though. Just to be, just to, just to, you know, give, just to play devil's advocate. <laughs> and also I would say I as is of the case I think with almost anything where we have a different opinion there's always something for me that's probably related to I felt quite smug because I got to see it early <laughs> at the cinema <laughs> so part of it was just being excited about being at the barbican watching it as, at the film festival but I also appreciated that they were, they clearly had an absolute ball making it which I quite like with any film. Yeah, agreed. And it was more Devil May Care, I thought, than the first one. <laughs> I think it was more Devil Doesn't Care at all about the plot. Because <laughs> <laughs> I leant over and whispered to Mike as soon as it had happened what had happened. Yeah. And he nodded. he nodded vigorously. So there wasn't really a mystery from my perspective, yeah. because I thought, oh, I see what exactly what's happened here. Yeah. Um, what I did not expect was the... about who wasn't who they said they were. Yeah, you, you knew... Yeah, straight away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Given yeah. given, I can, I can see, I'm, I'm hearing, that you're very disappointed <laughs> about the second film. Fine. Yeah. Do you feel, like, positive and excited about the other films? To come. More. Yes. Not just films in general. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean more knives out mysteries. I feel neutral about it. Whereas I was very excited for Knives mm. Out 2. Maybe that was part of the problem. And I have since re-watched the original Knives Out. Same. And that confirmed everything I thought about the second film. Because I did think, oh, maybe it's it's just because I per perhaps overhyped the first film and the first film and what that was like. Maybe my expect expectations were too high. But no, the first film is fantastic. I, w I, I will agree. So we, we watched the first film and the second film back to back. And... I would say oh, that didn't do the second film any favours. <laughs> so I, I don't disagree with you there. And maybe another indication that you're correct about hype, which I'm loath to admit, because, of course, we disagree regularly about this, particularly relating to brunch and <laughs> laser tag. tag. <laughs> but my other issue with it is it was so slow. So slow, you had to wait to get to the such a long time to, like, a lot of it was them just 
between their travel plans, really, wasn't it? <laughs> Bit of logistics. <laughs> it logistics. did make me think, though, I would like quite a lot to do one of those boxes. <laughs> I want someone what? to send me a box to my house, which is basically a puzzle <laughs> escape room. That's what I want. Somebody, anyone out there, Deborah Francis White, fans of the show, anyone, get in touch. <laughs> I'd love to receive a mystery box at my front door full of puzzles for me to complete in my own time. Thanks very much. But as in you want it to be like the glass onion puzzle box, so like yes. hand carved from wood where you press buttons and things pop up. And Yes, I don't want a box <laughs> full of actual puzzles. That might be quite disappointing. Uh, but, but the former, yes, please. You can use different materials. I'm okay if it's not made of wood. Wood's expensive. But, you know, MDF, fine. about the book and we haven't done a high so <laughs> a bit late in the day but hi maddie hi yeah sorry we sorry for the fans that we didn't do that actually i don't think we even said hi to each other i think we straight into business but i feel like we've been way laid by tech tech-based issues yeah maybe we should explain why we're recording on zoom rather than together we've been ill we've both been ill logistics have been tough january sucks yeah, Easy. great summary, yeah. <laughs> great. But January does suck, but I would like to do a little bit of a shout-out oh, yeah. to Amis because yeah. the data from Podcast HQ suggests that people have been sharing the podcast on Instagram. So thank oh. you. If you shared the show with a friend, we're very grateful and I have also heard as well that some of our Amis, friends of the show, have donated the price of a paperback to charity. So that's wonderful. Thank you if you did that. And if you donated more than the price of a single paperback, that's extra lovely. Thank you very much, Amis. We appreciate all of you. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the book. Let's let's. let's Let's make podcasts while the internet works. <laughs> let let us make podcast. <laughs> let us make podcast. I was trying to do a sort of riff on the classic "Make hay while the sun shines." Oh, I did not get that, but I appreciate the <laughs> explanation. <laughs> it was it was quite niche. So, our first read for twenty twenty three is the horizontal man. By Helen Eustace. Yes, indeed. Maddie, I believe this was your pick. It was. Why did you pick this book? Um, I picked this book. Oh, check you out, matching copy. Excellent. Also, yeah. you look like you've dressed up like a Penguin Crime Classic. Come <laughs> <laughs> to the podcast recording. <laughs> dressed. Okay. Okay. Dressed I will definitely take a screenshot of this because Maddie is spot on in the jumper I'm wearing. By, by complete coincidence, it's, it's spot on, isn't it? It's exactly the same green. You literally are. You are a book. 
as a penguin crime classic and then it goes white and it goes green again oh that is hilarious I actually think if you were someone who went in for Halloween I don't think you are that could be you next year <laughs> and I could just yeah because I could just print a sticker out say Fantastic. penguin yeah great yeah, yeah done but you know why we have matching copies I sure do and that is the reason I picked this read was because friend of the show Mike he went to lovely hay on why strangely as part of a kind of lads weekend away and uh went to the mystery specific shop asked the lady in the shop my partner only reads murder mysteries written by women do you have any picked out several and also bless him got pairs so that we could both read them and this was one of the pairs okay great so that's that's your reason for selecting yes it is can you give a summary, quick summary of The Horizontal Man? Yeah. So basically all set in this kind of American college in maybe the 50s, let's say. Do you think it's the 50s? She's looking it up. Earlier, because it was first oh. published in 1947. Okay, fine. So post-war, let's say, American yeah. post-war. Women's College, one of the lecturers. He's the lecturer, Kevin Boyle. He is, isn't he? Yeah, professor, lecturer guy. He's an academic. He's an academic. He's found dead. And uh, one of the girls who goes to the college, she sort of quite quite readily admits, yeah, I did that. But there's quite a lot of indication that she might not have done that. She was definitely in love with him, somewhat obsessed with him. But largely one thinks, not sure that you did do that. And ultimately... We learn a lot about the kind of other characters on and around the campus and the kind of amateur sleuthing team is formed from this local journalist. Jack Donnelly. Jack Donnelly, thank you. And one of the girls who is... Kate. Kate. Innes or Ines? Never sure. I'd say Innes. 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 But I don't know in America how you pronounce it. me neither. But Kate who is one of the members of the college. They go out in a, in, a, in a hunt to, I think, ultimately try and prove the other girl's innocence because I don't believe that it was her. Yeah. Yeah, that's the summary. Very nice summary. Thank you. And what did you think about this campus-based murder? <laughs> I didn't love it. <laughs> now, it had potential. I felt I felt that it had significant potential for multiple yeah. reasons. Number one, the setting could could work. It's a it's a relatively close setting, but there's lots of potential suspects. There's quite nice description of the college and the campus and and the kind of atmosphere there. It's also one that like lots of people know and can identify with. I went to a campus university and I felt that it was well captured what that's like. Um, mm. And also lots of young women, which also lots of kind of potential for interesting subplots and um, female friendship, etc. Which I felt was, let's say, touched upon, but not necessarily like delved into. Mm. I think also an unusual pairing on the amateur detective front, which again has potential, mm. like the idea of it being a kind of investigative journalist and a kind of young woman who really wants to prove the innocence of one of her college 
let's not say friend, but acquaintance, college, colleague, colleagues, let's say, (laughs) yeah, has, I think, also potential for it to be quite interesting. And I do think she writes quite well. Yeah. But overall, I found it consistently disappointing because either, (laughs) either we were hearing like the reinforcement of some pretty. I mean, over time, I recognise whenever we read Golden Age mystery, we have to recognise it's over time. But it did consistently live up to a lot of stereotypes around women, but also other areas like mental health and race and sexuality. It's also it's also quite fattest. So it talks a lot about like women's bodies and what women's bodies should look like. The depiction of like like the relationship between this journalist and Kate which could have been really interesting, but actually was just about him being mean to her and her fancying him and then them falling in love with each other. Again, mm-hmm. it felt very disappointing. Yeah. So I found that really tough because I kept being, I just sort of felt like I was like constantly, my hopes being raised and then constantly disappointed when yeah. things could have been really interesting. And then also in terms of like the denouement or like the ending, also could have been something that was quite interesting trying to unpick perhaps like the impact of trauma on somebody and how that might play out in their lives and maybe even play out in them leading to do something like murder but I felt like it was extremely insensitively dealt with and yeah I just found that really disappointing so I would say early promise much disappointment I've got other thoughts but those are my early early headlines over to you one of me <laughs> yeah I I agree with you I think consistently disappointing is probably <laughs> spot on I was hopeful because I read the bio of Helen Eustis mm. first and the bio is very refreshing compared to some of the biographies you normally find on a Penguin Crime Classic. So I'll just pick out some highlights from the biography about Helen Eustace. So it says here, she attended Smith College, where she won a medal for creative writing, a degree, and her first husband. So she was psychoanalyzed. She believes psychoanalysts an important force in world thought and behavior today. She's quite radical for the time. So I felt that her biography had this sort of sense of her emphasising her professional achievements rather than just having a tiny bit about that and then loads about the husband. So that, that made me hopeful as to the mystery she may have written now what I can't work out is is it supposed to be satirical that's what that's what I wondered because like a sort of send-up of them of the genre no so rather than maybe rather than a send-up of the genre but more as the presentation of Jack Donnelly being mm. awful and chauvinist and offensive. Was she putting that in, a, in there in a way to then contrast that 
with Frieda Cram because Frieda mm. Cram as a character I thought was fascinating because she is just living she is living the life she's she got really lo- is. she's got loads of money and and she just does whatever she wants on campus and there's yeah. a description of her life and she's just talking about how she had lovers in Rome Paris London Capri and other places now she was basking in the warmth of her middle years like a fat cat resting after a long night's prowl. She enjoyed playing at being an intellectual. She enjoyed living in a sleepy little town. And if a charming piece like Kevin Boyle slipped out of her grasp, well, no use mourning spilt milk. So she seemed for, I mean, especially for the time, very independent, assertive Mm -hmm. woman. She's consistently described as like a bad woman by the other characters mm. but she she's having a great time she doesn't actually do anything that's particularly offensive or or indeed even like that outrageous yeah yeah there's, I mean, there's no indication as to why they think she's such a bad woman well it's because she is an intelligent woman who's got her own financial means and she's mm. described as an advocate of liberty and modernity because she's you know not married so <laughs> i the presence of frida cram complicated it for me mm. because I, mean. I was like this i'm reading this is this is just yeah horribly sexist and offensive then with frida cram being in it it sort of made me think well hold on a minute she's writing this in 1947 mm-hmm. is there something here about her sneaking in Frida Cram and trying to sneak the psychoanalysis in at a time when both of those ideas might be quite controversial but I don't know I don't know. So in in that respect, it made me want to read another one of her mysteries. To find out. Yeah. To sort of to get more out. of a gauge. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It, if that was what she was going for, I would say it didn't, it didn't jump out at me. But then I don't know if because it didn't jump out at me, it, therefore it didn't frame the way that I was reading it. At all, I was just like, "Oh, this is yeah. depressing," <laughs> over and over again. So I wonder yeah. if maybe I had that. If I had that in mind, it's possible that I might read it differently. Yeah, because I mean, the male academics were consistently presented as just Terrible. pretty, pretty useless. George Hungerford's titles—they <laughs> sound so dull. I'll just give you a little sampling of them. The Round Earth's Corners by George Hungerford, Where No Man Pursueth by George Hungerford, Henry James, An Anatomy of Anxiety by George Hungerford. (laughs) Oh, oh, they they sound a lot. And also, Kevin Boyle, who is actually the victim, his terrible poem, Terrible, terrible poem. So terrible. On page 70. It's so terrible. I won't read the whole thing. I'll just pick out some choice lines. (laughs) Yes, please do. Um, Okay. He who has eaten ambition 
accepted it into his person cannot uneat or reject it. <laughs> it reminds me a bit of in which one was it? Was it? Yeah, Death on the Chairwell. Death on the Chairwell. <laughs> yeah, yeah where, he, where that guy basically forces his like girlfriend to go and buy this like really, really shit poem <laughs> and then spend loads of money on it. And it's like a page long book. Yeah. I mean, this is how the Kevin Boyle's poem ends. For he is as much committed to commission and to deed as to Pluto, Persephone, who ate pomegranate seed. <laughs> Uh, I actually had forgotten about that. Nice little highlight. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I mean, she definitely wrote that whole world of academia well, and the yeah. sort of the dissatisfied academics and them sort of waiting to get someone's office and get funding and all that. That type. And of I do thing. think as well that with that in mind, that the I don't know, like how it must feel to be one of the only women in academia in this environment like Frida Cram she's doing the best she can in that context she's like I would say that that's in some ways the way that she is forced to well not even was forced to the way that she chooses to live in this kind of academic male heavy academic world is actually just slightly depressingly not dissimilar probably to now academia is still exceptionally male dominated yeah I think it I think there has been some progress but it's it's very patchy depending on the subject as Mm. well I was I was consistently unable to take seriously the girl who I don't remember what her name is but the friend oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I can't remember her friend Um, because she's, she's written, honey, 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 she's honey. yeah. Because yeah. she's written with her like deep southern accent, and all she really actually wants is like someone to just keep buying her cocktails, essentially. Uh, fair, fair play. Um, but she because she's written in this dialect, couldn't take it seriously at all. And also, yeah, her yeah. I mean, the thing that bugged me irrationally it's a pet hate. But the the place where some of the action happened at the beginning was called the coffee shop. But you know where it's spelled like in an old fashioned way. So it's like the coffee shoppy. So S H O P. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> I, I imagine that's quite like an Oxford thing. Not no? well. Yeah, there was a little a little bit of that. Yeah, but I don't like it. You wouldn't have frequented. Coffee well, I might have frequented if it had tasty coffee and cakes. Good pastries, I'm... obviously. Yeah. yeah. Not worth it. Oh, wasn't food awful, though, in the 40s? At one point, <laughs> they have liver sandwich and black coffee for lunch. Grim, grim. No, no. Did you notice the reference to old friend HP, Hercule Poirot? Yes, but I couldn't tell you when. Well, stop me if I sound like Hercule Poirot, but I do find murders rather heady for my blood. And I have the feeling you ought to take a look in at this gathering. Who says that? That's what I'm trying to find out. I think it's Kate, actually. I think it's Kate. 
Does it bother you at all that they just consistently use the phrase necking to mean like they got off with each other? Yeah. <laughs> I find that so cringe. Yeah. So cringy. Also, I, it really bothers me that they went on essentially a stakeout to a crime scene to be like, oh, we should go check out what's going on, you know, watch people suspiciously or people being suspicious, not watch people suspiciously. That's a terrible idea. And uh, whilst they're on the on the watch, they're just like, oh, yeah, actually, we're just like getting off with each other on, on the floor. <laughs> well, no, the, I mean, yeah, the thing that I thought was really terrible is they're at the funeral and then they're just behind a sofa. <laughs> also true. <laughs> Early promise. Also, did you know that one of the things that said in the, the about this book is that that's the most promising first novel of its sort at the time? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. It's the most promising novel of its sort at the time. This is where yeah. I wonder whether there is this, you know, disconnect between then and now because in 1947 I suppose probably just even talking about the idea of psychiatry the subconscious the idea of having internal life or thoughts that can be examined is is quite would have been radical yeah true I wonder as well if with that in mind, like you know, when we when we read other golden age fiction, we do have to be aware that there are some things that are over time in terms of like attitude, but it's not usual that we've come across that in the context of like the mind. So I wonder if we're a bit like, oh well, we just don't know what that looks like for the that yeah. of time, but we know what we know what it sounds like to hear attitudes about race or sexuality in that time yeah yeah and there's maybe something in that in that the perhaps other golden age books don't don't talk about mental health Mm. in yeah maybe that's true in such or there's not such an explicit exploration of course there is perhaps coded references to things and that that this I don't know you maybe see it's sort of an early attempt at trying to incorporate ideas mm. of psychoanalysis into the plot and you know it is in the early days so it's it's flawed mm. I won't lie to you the conversation has made me think oh maybe I'm being too harsh yeah but I don't know it's it's I don't yeah I don't quite know what to make of it which is why I would like to read another one of her mysteries should we score we're moving to scoring yeah. Yeah. Oh, blue book out hold on let me write the write this down i feel a bit conflicted mostly because of this conversation if we'd scored blind maybe we should do that one day sol's chat i might have a different vibe okay yeah i'm ready on three yeah one two three oh i've gone five maddie's gone four, four.
Five and four, nine. Okay, one-liner. Early promise. <laughs> yeah, early promise. With? That, that turned oh. to disappointment. <laughs> Clumsy attempt to explore mental health. And I'd say, I'd say also, and gender roles, and gender roles yeah. as well. Do you want to share the mouse story? <laughs> well, yes, but also it was no. awful. It was so, so terrible. Basically, so I think, I don't know, I think Hercule is in some sort of like new near new me vibe or something. <laughs> I don't think he's like giving off <laughs> really? on his best life. Yeah, he is. He's just, something's changed. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> suddenly he's like, I'm king and I get whatever I want. Do you think he's found love? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what made that that made me think is my brain immediately went to in a hopeless place <laughs> yeah yeah maybe maybe know. or maybe he's finally triumphed over Mary. i actually think i think it's very possible that that is what's happened because Ooh. before christmas we had to take him to the vet yeah because he'd been in a fight again classic but the difference this time is that it, the wound was on his face which means he was the aggressor, probably. Ah, okay. And he has been a bit different since then. He's been more, I'd say, insistent about his needs. <laughs> um, but he's also been more affectionate. He's been a lot more cuddly. Like, he's sort oh. of, I accept that my, I'm allowed to do this. Um, interesting. Which has been interesting. But also, he has been for the last two to three weeks. If, if he's not having a sleep eating or seeking our attention he's in one place and one place only and that's in the kitchen watching for mice so I don't know if he like saw a mouse like three weeks ago or something but <laughs> normally I'd say if he didn't catch it he'll move on but it's been like it's been like a project that he's been focused on and I was getting I was actually starting to get a bit worried that something was wrong with his head so I was like is he going mad if we lost if something happened to him where he thinks that there's a mouse and he cannot move on and he like he's having he's having some some internal struggles but then the other night I sort of felt like maybe I'd like gaslit him or something because the other night I woke <laughs> up in the night at like 2am and to this like really weird sound and oh, no. in the corner in the corner corner there's like this little essentially it's not very nice but there's a mold patch um it's a tough time of year for moles you know we all have it it's all accept it and I sort of heard him it sounded like licking and I thought I hope he's not licking the mold patch because that's gonna make him really sick so I jumped out of bed like no stop that and uh, it was a mouse that he had down there and I thought oh he wasn't going mad it is a mouse and then woke Mike up obviously like oh my god what's he doing and the noises that were starting to come from this area were like very crunchy and oh no that wasn't great um and he also he'd like kind of positioned himself so you couldn't get at it so mike was like i tell you what, i'll go and get the the litter scooper <laughs> so i can oh. scoop it out and like throw it away but by the time he'd gone away and come back the whole mouse was gone and i'm talking not a scrap remaining 
no tail, no organs, no nothing. He'd eaten the entire thing. And I thought, well, more more for you, Hercule, because you're going to be sick later. And he wasn't. He's just been, he's just been smug, smug and happy. Wow. But maybe that was it. Maybe that, that mouse, maybe it was like Tom and Jerry and (laughs) (laughs) that mouse has been harassing him. Very possible. How how long? Because normally they don't eat them. Because no, I know they're not hungry there, but they're doing yeah. it to like bring a gift or do hunting or or play. Yeah, often he'll often he'll bring them, and then he just wants to rip it up <laughs> and then be like, "Look what I did," or or play with it. But I've never seen him eat the whole thing. I I was like, "Am I feeding him that? What's going on here?" But he it was all gone, and he's been he's been as I said, New Year, New Hercule, twenty twenty three. It's his year. <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's been he's been different wow yeah so it turns out yeah i do have some ab who knew who knew who knew next time you come around he'll be like a different cat i'm yeah i'm intrigued i'm intrigued mm. to meet new hp Thank you for joining us for this episode of the case of the missing salmon where we've been reading the horizontal man by helen eustace it's been a pleasure our next read will be auntie lee's delights by avidia Yu, who is one of our queens of crime you will be able to buy Auntie Lee's Delights from your independent bookshop if you'd like to get in touch you can get in touch with us on in many ways. You could email us, we're at missingsalmoncase at gmail.com. You could just follow us on Instagram, we are at missingsalmoncase. You could find us on Facebook, where we have our own Facebook page called The Unsolved Case of the Missing Salmon. If you enjoyed the show, maybe you could give us a little like or even preferably a review. We love five star reviews in particular. Take a photo of your review and send it to us. You may receive a little thank you. Emphasis on the may. (laughs) This podcast is created, produced and edited by Maddie Berry and Hannah Knight. Our music is sourced by Melody Loops and composed by Jeff Harvey. Love Jeff. Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep sleeping. Keep sleeping.